The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. The Major Spoilers podcast covers news, reviews, and of course, spoilers, and goes into details about the topics discussed. So if you haven't read, listened, or watched the items we talk about, you might want to come back later. Welcome to another exciting issue of the Major Spoilers podcast. I'm Stephen Schleicher, and in this issue, we have podcaster, web cartoonist, artist, illustrator, father, husband, a great all-around guy, Scott Johnson. Hey! Is here today to talk to us about his life and maybe give you some advice on some of you people who are thinking about starting web comics or people who've been in, in the uh, business for a while and are looking to get some fresh ideas. Uh, Scott, welcome to the show. No? Oh, I lose you? No, oh, you're I, th- I think you cut out for a second. Sorry, <laughs> oh, my <okay>. bad. okay. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> Absolutely. That is what I'm here for, and I'm thrilled to be here. It's always fun to talk to you, Stephen, and, and um, sort of hobnob with the major spoilers folks of one uh, irk or another, and I just uh, I really enjoy my time, and it's been too long. We haven't talked in a very long time. So. Yeah, the, I think the last time you and I talked uh, voice-to-voice, face-to-face was way back the last time you were on the show when I think yeah. we were reviewing Dark Knight, so that would have been after... Uh, the Nerdtacular uh, two years ago. Yeah, the, the Nerdtacular 08 had happened or was just about to happen. Right. I can't remember. No, I Maybe think it was afterwards because we did a review of it afterwards. That's true. And, and then we've already had Nerdtacular 09 and we didn't get a chance to talk about mm-hmm. that. But that went uh, super awesome well. And, and thankfully, due to the big support from Major Spoilers, we had a really great, excellent event that year as well. well didn't get to see you again this year. I know. But, that uh, was a shame. I, I tell you, if it wasn't for this darn school thing that I've got going on, well, uh, I would I would have been never done. I know. Yeah. Gosh darn it. But that, that kind of brings up an, an important thing and and something that I wanted to talk about. You've been doing this for over five years now. Yeah. But it's been for the most part extra life and all the other things, your podcasts that you do have been yeah. kind of part time to a full time job as a as a graphic artist illustrator for uh, a design firm or a company there in Utah. That's correct. Um, it's been. I start, it technically started Extra Life back in 2001, June of 2001. Oh, well, so eight years. Um, wow. But, but the, and that was just the comic and, of course, you know, my first real foray into this. And before that, there were some other things. People don't know this, but, and one day I'll unearth it, but um, I used to do a bunch of work for an Unreal Tournament add-on called Infiltration. Oh. And it was this kind of real-world um, thing. At the time, it was really revolutionary. Uh, very tactical sort of army thing. Mm-hmm. But it, by today's standards, you go, oh, well, that's all over the place. I mean, the Call of Duty 4 game is basically this game. I mean, the, the idea of like looking down the front, the, looking down the barrel of your gun was was essentially invented by these infiltration guys. And now it's just the right. most common thing ever. Um, but at the time, I was really into it and I really wanted to help that community out. And so I started doing a couple of things. I did their online manual um, and I started a, a webcomic, my first webcomic called Real Tunes. Which was this? Uh, I don't think we've ever talked about it before, but it was basically jokes about military gaming, you oh, know, cool. that sort of tactical whatever mm-hmm. uh, niche. And it was all right. I mean, it had its moments, but it was a great uh, introduction for me. And I also started a show called Infiltration Radio back then, and there was no podcasting, no RSS in 1999. Right. Um, that was brand new territory. And uh, 
that went well for a while. But when things really started in earnest in, in 2001, I was working as a graphic designer, did some web work, you know, illustration. And honestly, I started that thing as a way to draw all the time and keep my skills up. And that was it. Well, I how, really had no plan. how did the and for many years, easily five, six, seven years, then uh, the people that you worked with had to have been very cool about the things that you were doing? Well, they were. Um, I, I, I worked really hard to keep it separate um, so that I wasn't sort of infringing on, on daytime work time with what I was doing. Um, you know, the, it was very occasionally that I would do a post update or, or whatever. And you got to remember, this is before blogging had really taken off. Right. Um, I'm starting to feel really old as I talk about this, but <laughs> it was it was before all of those sort of community driven things, which honestly is the backbone of what I do now. And, um, you know, I was able to sort of ride that wave. But but at the time it was, you know, just kind of this fun thing I did. And I did it at night and I'd put it up and I'd share it with people at work and they all thought it was fine and great. And and it just sort of, you know, limped along for a while as something I did for fun. I was really had no intention of growing it beyond that, um, you know, getting sponsorship or ad advertising or any of that. It was just going to be for fun. Mm -hmm. And for for a long time it was. I would say probably the year 2004 to 2005, early 05 was really the time where I went, you know what? I'm going to go nuts with this. This was the year podcasting came into right into being and I went, "Oh, my radio bug, it's itching again." Mm -hmm. It's time to go, you know, it's time to do this. People who remember the site in its old days in 2003, there was a short-lived version of Extra Life Radio as well. Mm -hmm. But it was strictly an MP3 download thing. And when RSS came along, I went, I got to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's when I jumped into that. And I started taking things more seriously, like, you know, potential sponsorships. And people started approaching me saying, hey, we'd like to advertise on your site. Traffic was starting to do pretty well. And, um, you know, I started thinking to myself, boy, this is, you know, this could be more than just my little hobby. This could end up being something big. And I just sort of need to roll with it and, you know, throw a lot of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Right. And uh, that's what I've been about really ever since the last four or five years. Well, so you're you're familiar then. What, is it Malcolm Gladwell who has the 10,000 hours or five year idea? Yeah, right? his book. Yeah, it's from his book uh, Outliers, Outliers, which is awesome. I yeah. uh, loved, loved Outliers. In fact, Outliers is real a revelation to me. It, 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 it seemed to me to ring very true. Some of those things like the 10,000 hour rule. And, and it probably explains why you never got into professional hockey and. Probably, yeah. I, my <laughs> hockey, my hockey plans were dashed at a very young age. Well, but uh, Gladwell's idea was that it takes you know a hundred thousand hours or or uh, five years to really become successful at that. So if you're thinking two thousand and one, you're looking at five years on and off, and then suddenly things are really taking off with podcasting and your lots of podcasts that you're doing, and, and we'll talk about that in a moment, and sure. the website and the other work that you're doing for I guess other magazines or websites, and then suddenly you get to the point where You've hit that, I guess, that threshold where suddenly you are a success, according to Gladwell, even though I think you were a success before that. At that point, is that when you finally said, look, I'm just going to walk away from my day job and, and do frog pants and do this full time? Talk well, to us about that decision, because that's, as I said, that's one that I look at all the time with what I do at the university and then what I try to do here. If sure. one item was out of the equation, boom, things could skyrocket. Yeah, no, no, I, I I agree with that. And what it, what's interesting is I think probably 2008 was the year, which I guess was just last year, mm -hmm. was the year where I really started to, it started to hit me and sink in that, you know, wait a minute, I'm doing like 40,000 unique visitors a day. I'm seeing growth in traffic there. The shows I'm doing are are doing way better than I ever had any anticipation that they would. I'm having sponsors and, and people come to me saying we'd like to sponsor your shows. 
Um, and I'm not lifting a finger really to do any of that. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking to myself, well, if that's the case, what could I do if I did lift a finger? Um, uh, beyond the fingers that I was already lifting to make all this content. <laughs> right. And uh, it started to sort of sink in that, you know, you really could do this and you're, you're essentially living the dream that, of your eight-year-old self. Um, and, and it's true. As an eight-year-old, ten-year-old kid, I'd run around all day and if I wasn't drawing, <laughs> if I wasn't drawing something somewhere, I was recording something somewhere yep. on like a tape recorder or something. Yep. The two favorite things in my whole life, audio and radio, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and, and art, and comics, and cartoons, and this sort of thing. That's, they were my passions as a kid, and they've never left me. And it hit me, like sunk in one day. I was like, you know what? I am doing what my eight-year-old self wanted to do. Right. I've achieved those things, and why am I not making this the way that I support my family and do my modern-day fatherhood, manly sort of uh, you know, responsibility gig that I'm in? Mm-hmm. You know, why am I not making that fuel that at least full time? But it also came down to just pure time economics. I was starting to do so much more with the side stuff and it was getting so much bigger that it was starting to create a problem where I had basically two very heavy full time jobs. I Mm -hmm. had the nine to five and then at night I was working more hours than that into the wee hours of the morning and I was essentially killing myself slowly. Oh, hey, I hear you. With stress. And you've been, I mean, I know yeah. you go through this a bit with all you've got going on. Right, right. And it can be really, really hair, you know, hair raising. And I, and I hate to be cliche and I hate for this to sound stupid, but everybody says, well, what was the, t- where, when did you finally decide to make the jump? And honestly, the jump's only been about six weeks ago, six, seven weeks ago. Right. For the full, for the full big jump. And honestly, this is just embarrassing a little bit. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't be embarrassed by it because I love Pixar, but I went to see Up and that movie sealed the deal for me. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a message in that movie about following your dreams and going for it and not looking back and not wanting to be 75 and, and regret that you never tried to yeah, make yeah, yeah. the big jump to be that you were too conservative or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that that had a real impact on me. A real impression uh, was left. And I think it was a matter. It was a combination of things of that being a very effective message anyway, but also me being in the right place in my life where that was going to really resonate and be loud. And it did. And I kind of said, you know what, I've got to do this. And it's it may not be perfect or easy or even ultimately 100 percent successful, but I've got to at least try this. And I have a wife who is 100 percent behind me in everything I do. And I have kids who think I'm a rock star on the Internet. (laughs) And and whether that's true or not, it's great for parenting because you just you have a lot more. I don't know. so, so what are, what are the, some pros and cons or some freakout moments that you had when you were trying to make this decision? Because there are a lot of webcomic artists out there who still hold down a full-time job, yet they're doing fairly successful uh, by working late nights and, and keeping their site up. What are some pros and cons and, and that you thought of when you decided to jump? Well, the pros of doing it the way with having both going at the same time are the main one of the main ones is that you made more money right. obviously so right. you're you're bringing more revenue in through both sources of income um there's m- many downsides to that though and the, you know i was just wearing myself too thin i'm not you know 22 anymore and it's just starting to you know it starts to wear you out and you spend time with the ch- the kids and my mm-hmm. wife and everything else I almost said the chuds, but I don't have any chuds. Um, <laughs> well, it makes it easy because you just put them in the sewer at night. So sure enough, yeah, they keep keep quiet down there. Um, but yeah, I I would say some of the benefits are a, a weird sense of creative freedom that I have mm-hmm. now. Yeah, uh, a sense of adventure and excitement surrounding all of this. That's just um, it's 
I guess I was able to take some some of that nervous energy about the unknown, and now I still have nervous energy about the unknown, but I feel like my destiny is one hundred percent in my control. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I and sink or sink or swim. It's going to be all about that, and it's all going to be about me. And if I was able to pull this off or not, um, one of, one of the other advantages is, and this is the other thing I should mention. A lot of people say, "I want to get, I want to do a web comic." What do you do? How do you start one? Right. And it's hard now. Like, I still say anybody anywhere can do it. And if you do something super unique, you're going to jump right to the top, and people are going to love you no matter what. Uh, but when you are a when you're when you're good, sometimes good isn't good enough to be to be to shine out of that huge crowd of people that are out there doing it now. Right. Uh, there only there's only really so much room for the penny arcades of the world, and you have to work really hard to get noticed when you're in the shadow of some really great you know creative minds that have been there and done it for you know a decade or more and really established themselves. Mm-hmm. Um. So I you know I always I kind of waffle on what kind of advice I give people with that, but my advice honestly is to try lots of different things. And in my case, there is no one thing that's responsible for the overall momentum. It's all this stuff combined. It's comics every day. It's uh, creative projects outside of comics that deal with the artwork, whether it be prints or posters or the 56 Geeks thing or the zombie project I'm working on now. Right. All of that sort of augments the comic and, and its presence. The radio shows are a whole different bag, and they tend to feed the comic crowd. The cr- comic crowd tends to feed into the, the podcasting crowd. They have shared audiences. That grows out. And to me, it's it's all of this stuff together, which was making me crazy and stressing me out. But now that I'm doing it full time, it, it you know it certainly makes a lot more sense, and I'm able to organize things a lot better. But but anyway, the point the point being that all of those things sort of make up for any mediocrity and any mediocrity in any one of those things that is sort of made up by the by this uh, conglomeration of of ideas and and concepts and. And um, I'm a big believer in, in just getting your ideas out there and going for it. And if you can't, if you can't, if it doesn't stick, then do the next thing and try that. And if that sticks a little bit, figure out what makes it stick more. Right. And eventually if it stops sticking, fine, stop doing that and do something else. It's just constant, like just not getting comfortable, not getting settled and just keep throwing it. Well, I guess people should know, too, that even though you quit your day job, you're still doing work for that company that you were, that you were working for. Yeah, it's been a great, actually, it's been a really great thing because one of the things that held me back for so long on doing this jump, I was never dissatisfied with, with who I worked for or what work I did there mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. They're great. They're great people. I love working with them. And, and, um, I've been with them for like 12 years. So it's like, you know, this is not an easy thing. They're more family than, than employees or employers. Right. And, um, we've been through a lot together and all that. So that was really hard for me with all that loyalty to, to just jump ship. So I decided to approach it from a different angle and say, look, this isn't the same as me just quitting. Let's let's work out a, a way that you can stay on as a client, so you don't have to rehire for the things I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm able to use whatever downtime I had at work more effectively for my stuff. You'll still get what you need when you need it. We still can have meetings when we need them. In other words, the quality of work and the kind of work you're used to getting from me won't diminish. And the, so that's one benefit for them. The other benefit for them is they they pay me on a contract basis, so they don't right. have to pay me a regular salary mm-hmm. and worry about all that. And they they were very amenable to that, and it's turned out to be great. That's it's been great to to maintain that relationship and keep going. And and so far so good. I'm I'm really happy with it. I mean, the truth is, if if they went away tomorrow and said, oh, you know what, we just we decided this isn't for us, 
I, I'm, I'm prepared to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I, I really wanted to have a bridge there and be able to, to, to keep that relationship going and, and, and still do some good creative work for them. So that's how it's worked out. It's been good. But do you ever like wake up in the middle of the night and say, Oh my God, how am I going to pay the mortgage? And Oh my God, um, how am I going to send my youngest to, to college? Not yet, because <laughs> I don't think I'm far enough down the road to have those scares. I, I'm I'm prepared for them though, and I'm and I kind of say, you know, bring it, whatever you got, let's bring it, let's do this. Because again, I I'm, I'll gain nothing from never knowing, right? If I don't try, and and if I and if I do fail, or if we have a couple type moments, we've done everything we can as a family and as a team, my wife and I, to, to sort of prepare for that. Um, we're essentially 100% debt-free outside the house. Um, mm -hmm. A van, van's paid for. My Honda's paid for. Uh, well, that makes it nice. Yeah, no credit card debt. I mean, we're totally out of debt, and we have pretty good savings. And so we're in a position that, to do this. That's another important thing, I think, for people is, you know, I would never jumped out to do this if I was, you know, had 20 grand in card debt or something. Oh, yeah. I just couldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't be able to justify it. But by putting ourselves in a position where we could do this and handle it, I think it's it's made all the difference. You know, I feel really good about that. If something something went bad, I'm prepared. I'm good. Well, certainly you've got to have a lot of stress, though, that's been led up since since going with frog pants all the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, there's... It's hard to explain. Frog, <laughs> well, frog pants, despite the stupid economy and all that <laughs> yeah has has seemed to continue to be fine and there's lots of interest and the momentum hasn't slowed for me i haven't had people go oh you know what we need to back off on this deal we told her we do or right. we can't pay for the commission we promised if anything stuff has gone up and i don't i don't know why i can't explain it um it's all come to me i still have yet six weeks later i'm not caught up enough to start going after things it's wow. all still things i'm trying to catch up on and i don't say that in jet in, in boasting or any sort of ego stroke at all I'm I'm kind of baffled by it, to be honest. Well, and it's it's weird because uh, in that interview we did on the website uh, last week, the other day, depending on when people are listening. Hello, future people. Um, <laughs> you know, I had I had asked you, are you still doing that uh, heroes for you commission? And you're like, I just don't have time, and I and it doesn't sound like you need the money to be doing a doing commissions right now. No, of that, already, of that site. Already, I also have a couple hundred people in line to get custom geeks oh, done, and I've, I got to get through those people before I even touch the heroes again. Yeah. And that may come up again, and it may become something we do. Um, not 100% sure on that, but you know, part of this process and one of the struggles has been since I did jump out to do this and make Frog Pants LLC my my home mm -hmm. is trying to figure out how to prioritize stuff and figure out what should get the most effort right now. You know, they always say, do the, the thing that takes the least amount of time for the most revenue, do that first. Right. And, and the things, you know, then kind of trickle down from that. And I'm still trying to get my head around where that is for me, how that works for me, um, you know, how to, how, to best, how to best do that and maintain all the relationships, keep sponsors happy, uh, put new stuff up so there's always something new for people to do and talk about and see and send to their friends. And mm -hmm. it, it's it's not something I'm I'm super good at yet, but I but I I feel like I'm making progress, and that is ultimately where I want to be. I want to I want to really be a master of that and and uh, know where my where my brain should be engaged at any one time. Right. For me, it seems like I I'm in a constant juggle of trying to keep many balls up in the air at once. And, you know, there's a time period in the morning where I have to spend with family and get the sun ready for school and, and of course, do work things. And then uh, at night I have a, a, a set time that I spend with the family, about four or five hours, and then it's back to doing major spoiler stuff at night and, and kind of doing all that stuff. How has your day changed? Give us a breakdown of how your day has changed 
uh, since you've since you've uh, stepped away from the full time job? Well, it used to be, you know, up at seven thirty, get everybody ready. It's during school time. Summer's different, but in school, getting them all off to school, helping Kim out with all that, and then I'd drive into town, do the do the work a day thing, come home around six o'clock, six thirty, eat dinner, hang out with the kids, the best I could. And then about 8.30 or 9, I'd either have a show to record or a ton of work to do. Mm -hmm. And I'd hunker down and do the shows, and then I would edit, and then I would stay up and draw, and I would get you know in front of my Wacom and get projects done and get sketches out, whatever I had to get done. And about 2 or 3 in the morning, go, ugh, you know, I just want to fall over dead. Yeah. Then I need to find an excuse to be like, well, you know what? You know, I, part of the reason I do all of this is because I'm passionate about the things I do them about, like World of Warcraft or mm-hmm. or other video games or or TV shows or or movies or whatever. And so, oftentimes, I catch myself with like two or three starting a starting some old science fiction movie or you know doing my dailies in World of Warcraft or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it was that was kind of bad. All of that was just too much. Yeah. With the change, um, I now get up early still. <laughs> The change. He's going through the change. (laughs) I'm feeling a little uh, (laughs) warm. I got hot flashes. Um, I get up. I work out in the morning now uh, very regularly. My my wife and I are on a little bit of a routine. I lost five pounds since Monday. I don't know if that's good. Excellent. Um, So, you know, staying in shape, that really helps me creatively. And I then dedicate the day to to the things that I need to do for clients mixed with things I do that are new, you know, sort of this organization stuff I told you about. Right. I'm still kind of getting my head around. Um, I've, I've gotten really good about throwing ideas down and then sifting through them later mm-hmm. to sort of get the wheat from the chaff a little bit. And um, by 5.30 or 6, I am done. You know, I try to make it so I'm done. And I am spending time with my family and I'm doing all that kind of stuff. I have shows still because, you know, other people have to fit my schedule. So we still like last night did ELR at like right. 8.30 or something. Yeah. And so I make time for that and do that. But it's so much easier now for me to to sort of manage all that. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled about that part of it. You know, am I, am I a billionaire yet? No. And will <laughs> I ever be? Probably not. What my goal is, if I can make enough in through this world to uh, take care of my family, and pay the bills. I don't really need much more than that. Right. If, if more comes, great, dude. Gravy on the train. I'm happy with that. That'd be wonderful. But if not, I will die an 85 happier old man who did his dream and went for it. And that's really all all this is about. In the yeah. end, it's not going to be easy. There's tar- parts of it that scare me a little bit. But in the end, when all it comes to, when it all comes down to whatever was important, I, that's what I'm going to look back on and think, "Yep, I did it. It was awesome. I, I lived my eight-year-old dream the rest of my life." And that's, and that's really what uh, interests me now. Well, I can I can totally understand because on Fridays I don't have to go to my regular job because of budget cutbacks and everything. So I I do really understand that you know I have everything done by two o'clock now, and I can sit down and prep for other things, or I can pick up the ukulele and play that. And that's just wonderful. And so I can really see from your perspective, the appeal of doing something full time, but yeah. And it's not even so much that it's like, ah, now I got all this free time. Right, I can right. take three naps a day. Yeah. You know, it's, Cause that, I was gonna, that doesn't exist. I was going to say that uh, while you may have had a f- bunch of free time, you've actually ramped up a lot of the stuff that you're doing. I mean, before you were doing, you had some podcasts that kind of uh, went away. Like what is it? Geek food. Uh, Geek food. And, um, uh, game, final score. Final score. Yeah. 
And yep. final score, by the way, is uh, coming back real quick. Oh, we got excellent. a we got a brand new one coming, and that was one of my goals was to get that back on track very quickly. My Kim, my my Kim, my wife is begging <laughs> me to get uh, geek food going again. So we'll we'll see what the future holds there. But yeah, I didn't want to get soft or slow. I didn't want to come into this and go, ah, now I can do less and not worry about it. Right. I if anything, I've made it harder on myself because I've taken on new projects. This Heroes for You thing coming out in the fall, mm-hmm. that's a big undertaking, and I'm just at the tip of it you know so it's, i've got a lot of work to do there and 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 many other things i took on an extra day over at crispy gamer with the experience points comic and right uh first thing i did you know that week i said you know i'm next week i'm on my own let's do this and they they agreed to it and we worked out a deal and and um so so yeah i, I i've used this as an opportunity to try to fit in more uh for good or for bad well but, but- i think it's gonna be okay yeah but i, th- I was gonna say it's actually for the good because in addition in addition to the instance which is your world of warcraft podcast probably your most popular podcast at up until about four weeks ago yeah until uh, about, until last week it yeah was, but, and then yeah. you have uh uh extra life radio which is kind of the flagship show and then of yeah, course those- you had a bunch of these other little things but in the last what three weeks you've la- launched two other podcasts you've launched app slappy yeah and then yeah. you've launched um uh this uh well, Heroes for You that's coming up, and then you've got four, what is it, Forecast? Yeah, Forecast one? with Tom Merritt of Cena, uh, Buzz Out Loud fame. Yep, we're so doing what, that. In fact, this this week we're interviewing Leo Laporte and Jim oh, Lauderback. See, that's going to be so awesome. It's going to be great. What What is Forecast about for people who already don't know who you are and what, what your shows are about? Forecast is an idea that Tom Merritt, uh, again, from CNET, he does Buzz Out Loud, The Real Deal, shows up on CBS TV all the time. Right. Um, awesome guy. We've, uh, we've struck up a real friendship, and... Um, it's a real uh, kinship, actually, as it turns out. He's he's just my kind of dude. Mm-hmm. And we've really hit it off. He's been on ELR a couple of times. I've been on Buzz Out Loud a few times. Uh, he was on The Instance once. And just great guy. So he has this idea about doing a show that looks at the near future, the distant future, and the very, very distant future. And we bring on really smart, interesting people. We had Veronica Belmont and Lynn Peralta on our, on our mm-hmm. flagship episode. Uh, and they come on and they, and we basically ask them a lot of hard questions about what they think the future is going to hold in technology and social issues, government, um, our, the world itself, you know, what's this place going to look like in 10,000 years, this sort of stuff. Right. And we go from the very mundane and interesting 10 year decade kind of predictions to the crazy outlandish, you know, 10,000 years in the future stuff. And it's just a whole lot of fun. Very interesting. Really stimulate your mind. And we just started that, and it's it's a it's a load of fun. He's doing the production uh, duties on this one and kind of oh, running okay. it from California, which is kind of nice for me because I'm I'm used to doing that for everything, and right. it's nice to have somebody doing that <laughs> doing yeah. that for oh, me. Yeah. yeah. Um. But we we're, we're really having a good time with that. What's what's strange is the app slappy thing is just crazy. That's we started that. Let's see. We're well. Our next week will be our like, tenth episode. Oh man, ten episodes. I am behind. So ten weeks. It feels. It feels like we just started it. But anyway, I know. Um, we hit a huge landmark in, in downloads last week, and it's just been crazy. And, and that's all just for iPhone. I, I I tend to do shows and things that, that about stuff that I'm way into. And right now, mm-hmm. I am way into my iPhone. I freaking love that thing. The App Store is a blast. I, I can't get enough of games and stuff you can get on that platform. And there was, in my opinion, not a great show for it out there already. So we said, let's do one. And now it's just gone crazy. So I'm I'm really really enjoying that. But um, and it's got yeah, more, all it's these more things, popular now than the instance. Is that is that what you were saying? As of day? last week, or it's at least more popular than that same week's episode of the instance. And we haven't had the instance drop since day one. That continues to grow every week. Right. We haven't ever had it go lower. Um, but for whatever reason, the uh, the app slappy people pushed it over the 
that that week's downloads for the instance, and it seems like it'll you know hopefully continue. We'll see if that was just a one week explosion or not, but um, I'm hoping it uh, you know hoping it continues. But you know, it's just the, all of this stuff just combines, and if if if, if you if you want to break it down to it into its individual components, you'll find that there are things I just really dig on, and that's what I'm interested in doing. And I'm just saying that you could take if there's any lesson to be learned from my mediocre life, it's this. <laughs> if you do stuff you're passionate about right. and you're really interested in yourself, there is a really good chance other people will care. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. Yep. It's as simple as that as far as I'm concerned. Well, and you and I are very similar too, I think. Every time you talk about your life, I'm like, yep, that was me, that was me. You know, I used to sit <laughs> around and record my own radio shows when I was a kid and play them back and listen to NPR's uh, broadcasts. And you have a yeah. real passion for the old-time radio which is oh, kind of what brought uh, Heroes for You about. Yeah, Heroes for You came out of that a little bit. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be different than that. It's going to be more comedy based. Um, we're not going to try to reproduce the affections and the strangeness of some of the old time radio stuff. In other words, you're not going to get a. This isn't going to be Jack Benny or The Shadow. Yeah, but there are going to be moments of it. They're gonna, you're going to get the feel from it. It's going to be it's going to feel very serialized. Um, even though the humor is going to be very set today and very modern day and it's, it's sort of its way of going, the stories themselves, the villains of the week, the announcer who sort of narrates things, this, mm-hmm. it's all going to be a throwback to that stuff, which I just absolutely loved and, and still listen to a lot of that stuff today. Well, um, what, I'm, ex- I'm super excited about it because in my mind, I have heard some very good podcasts that are out there that kind of do that old time radio serialized drama. Uh, Red Panda Theater is a great example of one. But yeah, then there good. are some they're other good. ones out there that are just like I listen to five minutes of one episode and I'm just like never ever again. You know, it's like <laughs> I I want to pour Dawn in my ear and scrub it out and say, oh, wow. unclean, unclean. Well, if you if you've heard any of my skits at the top of the instance or Extra Life Radio over the over the last couple of years, you essentially get the idea of what we're going to do. Those are sh- very short, and this is going to be much longer form and a lot more produced. But but. The, the the quality of the of the audio and the sound effects and the sort of you know editing and everything that that's essentially what we're shooting for here that was where the idea came from it was like you know we need to take this to a format of its own it needs to get its own show right and that's and because we'd gotten nothing but positive feedback about that every week people screaming for more and we thought well then let's just do this right let's do something big and and see how it goes we'll limit it to a to a season run. And, and and if it doesn't work, okay, well, we tried and it was fun and that's something my kids can listen to and show their grandkids or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if it does succeed, hey, season two could be just around the corner. So Well, we'll it, see. Seems, it seems like you had, you had said earlier about just throwing stuff up on the wall left and right, but it really seems like success builds upon success. So you start out with one thing, uh, My Extra Life or Extra Life, sure. uh, the website. And then yeah. you start adding some things like uh the the 56 geek project or you've got the podcast that then adds a listener group and they build upon one another to where you get the point where suddenly you've branched out and you have all of these things covering and then that kind of i guess folds in upon itself and and builds up again it's uh, you know i think major spoilers has kind of done that too where we've done the website then we slowly started adding in a podcast then we slowly start adding in merchandise then we slowly start adding in you know these weekend shows or the dungeons and dragons stuff and we start to see a, a mass building out from from different directions. Is that a good way people should look about building their business? Because I know I've seen some people that'll start a podcast or a web comic, and right away they want to start doing merchandise. 
Oh, no. Yeah. In fact, I get people email me. You want, I got one today where the guy says, I want to start a comic and I think I'm pretty good. And uh, I, I notice you've got all this stuff going on. Uh, where do, where's the best place for me to go to find out how to get T-shirts and mugs made? And I said, dude, you can't you're jumping way ahead of yourself. Right. And that stuff can come. No question about it. That stuff comes. But it comes really late. You got to pay mm-hmm. your dues. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it takes some time. You got to get some people behind you. Sometimes you can have an explosive growth like XKCD did, where right. it's just like boom! Oh my gosh, webcomic sensation. Yeah. Stick people, stick people, but it's funny, you know, and all the stuff. Right. But but ask anybody. Ask Kurtz from PPP. Ask Penny Arcade. It took those guys six to eight years to get to a point where that was a viable thing to do. Mm-hmm. And. And now they're seeing the benefits from that, and everybody sees that and goes, "Oh, I could do a comic, and I could, I could sell T-shirts, and I could, you know, make money or whatever." Right. But it just takes time, and, and honestly, if that's your motivation, it'll fade. You're gonna start it, you'll get ten comics in, and you'll quit. Yeah. If yeah. you go in because you love to draw and you can't wait to draw and you want people to see your work and you want feedback and you want to build your skills and get to be a better artist and a better writer. Then you'll stick with it, and then you'll be eight years later talking to Steven Schleicher of the future <laughs> yeah, about right. what you're doing, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think about any of that stuff when I started, and I was I just not even in my mind. I just wanted to draw. Right. That was it. I, I think so, for me it was I had this desire to continue what I was doing uh, in the pro video and audio world, and I wanted to do it for something that I was more passionate about in the form of comics. So that's kind of how I got into it, too. So Sure, sure. And I should mention this because it's important for major spoilers listeners. Part of the reason that I enjoy the new work arrangement for myself is that now I do have more time to read comics than I did before. <laughs> so I can finally get through my collection three of Invincible, which I've been begging myself oh, yeah. to read for months and months and months, and I haven't done it. Oh, you got to read it. I have so much to catch up on with that series. So I'm that and everything else. I mean, I, I was way, remember, I don't know if you remember this, I was way into that dark tower. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Stuff that Marvel was doing that yeah. treatment. I yep. loved it. And they've done a ton since then. And mm-hmm. I haven't had took the chance to read any of it. I'm going to have to get the trades and catch up. Yeah. And if you liked, uh, if you like the stand, they've also got that going on. Yeah, that as well. So there's so much I've missed in the comic book world that I'm really sad about missing. Cause this used to be, you know, a very, very much a staple of my, monthly life i would right. i just, i was at the comic book store at least a couple times a month and i was getting new books and old books and trades and rare stuff and you know whatever and now i'm just so behind but, get, uh, but, but, but then again see there's benefits to all this because through the instance i got to know steve hammaker right who is the colorist for jeff smith's bone right that guy's an awesome guy yes he you is. need to interview him by the way have well, you interviewed him? we haven't interviewed him we just had one of our uh fans doing an autograph thing out in Cal at uh, San Diego and got him to sign, got Jeff Smith to sign our major spoilers poster as part oh. of this uh, 50 autograph challenge that we put That's him under. Great. So we got him, we got uh, Dave Garcia who did the tick. We got the, the um, Apple geeks guys, the penny arcade people. I think Scott Kurtz's autograph is on there. Now, if only Scott Johnson had gone to San Diego Scott Johnson's uh, signature might be on that on that schedule. I, it was I, too it was too close to too many crazy <laughs> things for me. Here but a, I am I am trying to go next year. I really want to go. Here is a, I don't know if you can see this on the webcam. The stack of comics. Oh yeah, look this at you. represents my last two weeks worth of reading that I haven't got to, and I haven't <laughs> even I can't even show you the stack that has the stuff that came in this week that I won't be able to get to. So I understand that. Look like that. A, look like a phone book. It, it's bigger up. than a phone book and heavier. <laughs> With all this success, how do you end up? Is it because of the success of Extra Life and the instance and and uh, 
and uh, ELR that you're able to get people like Leo Laporte and Veronica Belmont and and Buzz Out Loud people on your show. How do you how do you go about? I don't want to say partnering up. How do you go about hooking up with these kind of people? Do you have to have that that Scott Johnson cachet before you can start approaching people like that? Well, the thing is, see, this is another benefit or a side effect that I didn't expect with any of this. And that was the slow accumulation of actual networked, important people. Mm -hmm. And it came out of purely somebody heard my show like Veronica. I met her when she was still doing production at Buzz Out Loud in the CNET days. Ah, okay. And I, I met her because she I'm trying to think how this all worked out. She had a listener of their show who was a listener of the instance and she was really into World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. He recommended she check it out. She listened, sent me an email. I said, oh, I already listened to Buzz Out Loud. And she said, well, I know. I heard your call. You, you <laughs> called in a couple of weeks ago and left a message about some iPhone thing or something or, or iPod thing. Mm -hmm. And, I, and it, we kind of just started striking up this, this friendship. And now it's, this, it's one of my favorite relationships I have online. And I don't – honestly, it doesn't – I could care less how popular she's gotten. She, and she has. She's huge and she deserves every bit of it. She's, right. she's brilliant. She's wonderful. But she's like my little sister. And we tease each other. It's that kind of relationship. And it's a relationship that that's so easy to sort of call back on and 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 have fun with. She wants to come on ELR coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay, Excellent. great. We'll have her on again and we can chat again. It'll be fun. She's in the guild, so we're always playing World of Warcraft. And it's through her how I got to know Tom. Um, it's through Tom that we have this opportunity with Leo Laporte. Um, there's been connections on all sides. The Steve Hamaker connection I was mentioning before has been so great because and again, it's a very personal thing, but Steve really likes the shows mm -hmm. and likes my artwork. And I think he's, a, I think he's brilliant, him and Jeff. And so what does he do? He sends the whole bone collection signed by oh, Jeff Smith yeah. to my daughter as a gift, because I mentioned once on the show that my daughter really likes comic books. Cool. And she's in fifth heaven. She loves it. <laughs> I don't know what fifth heaven is, but um, not quite as good as seventh heaven because it doesn't have <laughs> Jessica Beale in it. So I guess so. But, <laughs> but anyway, bottom line for all of that is that, that these relationships just seem to spring up. My relationship with Scott Kurtz, what a great friend I found in Scott Kurtz. We chat all the time. We share ideas and, and we, we get jealous of each other and we tell each other that. And, and, it, and it's such a great refreshing relationship to have that with somebody where all of the web celebrity melts away and we don't care about that. It's just smart people mm -hmm. sort of collaborating and thinking of cool things to do. And, and I, I don't know any other way I would have had it happen. Our relationship with major spoilers is all based on this. My right. relationship with, with the, with Jerry Conway, the creator of the Punisher, which has turned out to be such a wonderful friendship is completely based on ELR and him listening and finding out and then me finding out he listens and then him buying a print and, uh, the Tron guy is my friend and you know, I, <laughs> none of this stuff should happen and it's all pretty geeky, but, but none of it would have happened without just sort of going for it. And none of it I ever sought after. I never emailed Veronica going, can I be your friend? Yeah. You know, like some kind of creepy dude on the other end of the internet, <laughs> but it just worked. It worked out that way. And you know, to be able to give Felicia day crap on Twitter and yeah. have her reply is just incredibly satisfying Yeah, B because she doesn't have any, you know what? In what other circumstance would anybody, any of these people, have any chance to even get to know each other? Oh yeah, and that's that's been wonderful for me. I've really enjoyed that. Well, but there's also kind of a dark side to you know what you're doing in that. And I've had the same thing happen for you know the last 15 years that I've been writing online. People taking your stuff and using it for their for their own purposes, their own devices. I mean, certainly you and I have a relationship where all I have to say is, "Oh, can I borrow this and post it?" And you're like, "Oh, no problem." But you got a point, a thing a couple of weeks ago. I've got this 56 Geeks poster hanging up in my office. 
and it's a great poster, and you're making some money off of that. And then some schmo comes along and tries to, uh, well, they don't try. They did. They stole the image, and they're trying to do their own thing. Yeah, that's true. It was a, in this particular case, and there's been a bunch before this, but there was this particular case was a 17 year old high school girl who wanted to make mouse mats and she liked the geeks. So she took it off Google images or something and she started selling these mouse mats and I shut it down immediately. And a bunch of people told me about it and they went over to the, the Zazzle site she had set up and just commented the hell out of it. (laughs) It was kind of brutal. But in the end, you know, we talked about it and I explained to her, I said, you know, the way this normally works is, you know, come talk to me, ask people everything on the web is made by somebody right so just find out there's a little bit of hunting around and you got it you'll find it and you know we've i've had somebody do some some apps on the app store that they're selling that use my geeks images without asking or any permission and i shut that down and the reason i shut it down is interesting because it isn't just that hey they're selling it and i'm not getting anything Mm -hmm. to me it's about if you go about this the right way, chances are you're going to get my permission and I'm not going to ask for a dime. And it's happened a whole bunch of times where people will come to me and say, we'd really like to use your geek images for this new website we're doing. Or we're doing a seminar and we'd like to have, as part of this seminar, your artwork on the on the the margins of this manual or whatever for mm-hmm. these nerds that are going to come. And I say, yes, please feel free to do that. If you could put a link back to me, that's really all I ask. And I'll do that almost 90, 90 out of 100 times. It's it's just those sometimes people just like, man, it's on the Internet. I can take it. And right. It's free. Right. And then I say no to them because they never asked. Yeah. But the, the truth is, I mean, if somebody said, hey, I'm making a book of geeks and I'm going to use yours and sell it. Well, that's something else. Right. But if you're going to come to me and say, hey, I'm doing a, a book. It's a nonprofit. Um, we're donating the profits to education and we'd really like to illustrate it with your nerd pictures. Would you be willing to do that? One hundred percent. Absolutely behind it. Ready to go. Let's do it. Cool. But that's, so, that, but that's got to trouble you, though. I mean, on the one hand, there has to be a little bit of flattery. But on the other hand, you got to say, hey, I've probably lost. Well, not in the case of this mouse pad thing, but I've lost $10,000 from that. Oh, it's totally. Yeah, it's there's totally that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and I guess where I've come where I've come down to with all of this is that the Web has provided a people people a way to express themselves in all sorts of ways and create things that they couldn't have done before and have a huge audience as a result. Cool. There will never be a way to stop people from taking your crap. Mm-hmm. At some level, they're going to get in there and they're going to copy and paste something. They're going to use it for something. And I've kind of come to grips with that and realized that I'm going to, I'll, I'll pick the battle when it's a big battle and, mm-hmm. it, and it needs to be fought. But most of the time, it's just dorks being stupid. Well, speaking, and, of, speaking of dorks being stupid, I'm going to steal something from the instance Go ahead. In the form of a rapid-fire roundup of questions uh, awesome. for Scott Johnson. Now, people who haven't listened to the instance, I don't know, probably for the last month or so, uh, Randy Jordan, Randy Deluxe, and Scott have been uh, gathering very quick questions back and forth, firing them off, and trying to get Scott to answer them in a very fast manner. <laughs> I struggle <laughs> at times with right. answering really quick, but I'm going to do my best here. I, I will add in my own uh, big band music here in just a moment, so uh, right. you'll have to hear that in the uh, in the in the podcast but here we go question number one marvel dc or independent comics dc 2d or 3d oh uh uh both why won't extra (laughs) life ever talk to me why must he always make me cry (laughs) uh because you are a cry baby and i cannot (laughs) stand cry babies podcasts or radio from the 1930s radio from the 1930s in podcasts. I'm getting I'm going cheap here. I can't 
I'm, I'm fence sitting on that because I love both, but I love 30s radio. Trade paperbacks or single issues? Trade paperbacks all the way, baby. App slappy or app crappy? App slappy. Rockford, Matlock, Magnum PI, or McLeod? Oh. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm going with Magnum PI. All right. And finally, web comics or podcasts? Web comics. Oh. <laughs> Again, I'll fence it. I love them both, but if you said I'm going, you're getting banished to an island, you can only take one. Right. Web comics. All right, cool. At least one of those questions, I won't say which one, came from one of our listeners, who no doubt is also a listener of the instance. <laughs> I have a feeling which one of mine. <laughs> it's be. probably the same one that keeps writing that question to you guys every week. So. Yeah, exactly. All right, Scott, is there anything else that uh, we need to tease or promote about uh, My Extra Life or ExtraLife.com, all that good stuff? No, not that I can think of other than uh, keep your eye out for even a couple of more unannounced things that are coming up soon. Excellent. Uh, art related and otherwise that I'm super excited about. But uh, for now, for, you know, if people want to see what's going on. The best place to go right now is myextralife.com. Keep your eye on frogpants.com, though, because there's some big stuff coming there, too. And all I'm going to it's going to be a much better aggregator of, of all the things I do. I cannot uh, so wait. People won't get lost. But it's been a thrill to be here. I love being on uh, with with you guys and with you, Stephen. And. Just love the work you guys are doing and always happy to, to be around when you need me. Well, we certainly shouldn't wait another year and a half to get you on the show again because, you know, I can use your Scott Johnson cachet to, to my advantage, too. Wahaha. Ah, uh, <laughs> Well, we got Nerdtacular 2010 in the works, and yeah. uh, cer- certainly we can, uh, we can talk more as that gets closer as well. I cannot wait. Tron Legacy looks to be maybe the, uh, the, oh. the thing. Yeah, it does. I'm so excited about that. Old Jeff Bridges is always better than any Jeff Bridges. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, Scott, I know you have to go because you have an instance to record here in just a little bit, and I want to thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And again, uh, anytime, and uh, to the listeners of this show, tell your friends, man. Major spoilers deserve some props. All right, Scott. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for another issue of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Today we talked with Scott Johnson, everything about web comics, starting your own business, and a lot more because we know that he loves comics, and we know that you do too, and we will talk with you next time. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat Dick's revision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Think about a better way If I was hulking green or gray I could just bust through that brick wall Take their comic books away But then the little meat would deal With all the tanks and bombs and guns Have you ever tried to read a series With all that going on Guess I need to rethink this plan How would I back and board my comics With such huge hands Guess I already told ya What a major spoiler What a major spoiler Yeah, yeah, yeah what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler.
start raving rich like a man of iron. Might not be surprised to find that I might actually have the heart cold to follow an entire storyline. Would I really even need to read up on all those escapades? I mean, who needs such distractions when your sister's such a babe? But the downside is such a beast. Being shot up in a fun bee in the Middle East with a King Santo and soldier. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Yeah, yeah, yeah! What a major spoiler! Wow, 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 wow! What a major spoiler! Major Spoilers Podcast, copyright 2009.